Welcome to this edition of the Disciples Men podcast with your host Greg Alexander and Alex Ruth. Thank you for joining us as we explore the many challenges of being man of faith in these challenging times. Disciples Men is a ministry of Disciples Home Missions of the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in the U.S. and Canada. Let's listen in today's conversation. I want to welcome you to another edition of the Disciples Men podcast. Your Associate Director of Disciples Men, Alex Ruth, with you. Today, we also have with us our Director of Disciples Men, Greg Alexander, and we are joined by the uh, current interim president uh, for uh, Disciples Home Mission, Sheila Spencer. So, Sheila, thank you for joining us today, and uh, we're really glad to have you on the podcast with us. Thank you. I'm excited about the invitation. I've been listening and watching, and I'm excited about the ministry of Disciplesmen and what the great work that both of you are doing. So thank you for this invitation. Well, thank you. We always like to start off because not everybody is going to necessarily know your story. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, what got you to where you are today uh, and, and how did you end up as our uh, as our president for Disciples Home Missions at this current time. I would call my story taking the leap. I'll say quickly, um, one of the things that I've done is I have an adventure side is I skydive. I skydive. So, <laughs> yeah, I travel for a living and then I actually been in planes as part of travel. And then I actually had a moment where I dropped out of one on purpose. But I use the skydiving analogy intentionally because one of the things that I learned is um, the scariest part was right before the leap. And so there was this moment right before the leap where my instructor said, all I need you to do is listen to my voice. Mm. He said, when the moment comes, you have to let go. He says, but when you let go, you may not be able to see me and you may not always be able to hear me, but you need to know that wherever you go, wherever you leave, I'm with you because I'm connected to you. Yeah. So I think making that leap was whatever leap I made, I know that God has been connected to me. So I say that my ministry has not been one yes. It's been a series of answering a series of yeses. So born and raised in Los yeah. Angeles, California, Pacific Southwest region. My first call was to be an educator. So I was an educator. I was a literacy coordinator, freelance writer. And that was my first call. Um, education teaches me everything. That's a hallmark of who I am. After that, there was an opportunity to answer a call as a program director of Disciples Women. Okay. I took that leap in 2008. And I think that's when I accepted the position, I said, I have no idea what I'm doing as far as making the move. Right. I don't know what it's going to look like. And as a control person, that is huge. I said, yeah. but I'm going to trust it. <laughs> and that literally was my acceptance speech to Adana Bowman at the time. But I accepted it. I took the leap from Los Angeles to California, from Los Angeles, California to Indianapolis, where there's snow. <laughs> another podcast, that's another sermon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a great opportunity. It was travel. It was um, an opportunity to create the magazine. So it was an opportunity to do that. I did that for about five years. 
And then I accepted the opportunity to be the director of Christian education. And part of that as a merger staff person is work with the national convocation. So having vital sessions and workshops. But I think one of the things that was throughout was importance of relationships. Mm -hmm. People that know me, well, you both know that um, even when we're corresponding, my question is how could I help you connect yeah. relationships? So, and I accepted um, early this year, the call to be the interim. And the interim is as we go through this new landscape, which no one had um, any idea that we'd be going through this new landscape, this virtual community. So that's it. Um, born and raised, like I live in Indiana, but I'm Pacific Southwest region, Southern California. Blessed to my father is a pastor. Uh, my father and my brother are both ordained ministers. So I grew up as a PK, but grateful. Yeah. yeah. I, I would be curious a little bit about your call to ministry. I think, and it goes along with, it wasn't, some people say there was a moment where God called them, they said yes, and then seminary whole thing. My call to ministry has been a series of saying yes. One yes led to the next yes, to the next yes. I think my first yes was answering my call to be an instructor, to be a teacher, the education, the craft that goes with that. I think my next call was being a call to be a writer freelance right, making those connections. I think being a PK, there were things that I did naturally, um, the Christian education courses, uh, would do workshops. I think for many years, I would say, I'm going to speak. So I had people tell me, you know, God's called you to ministry. I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in the ministry God's called me to be. Uh, but God would always send me a mind of, God's called you into ordained ministry. So I would speak at an event that was like, we'll say, let you say speak for only so long, you know, you're preaching. So I think the moment would come when I knew what time me to go to seminary. So I actually ended up attending seminary in Indianapolis Christian Theological Seminary. But the interesting story is this a few months before I was at a conference and the one of the conference speakers had a received an award. He was in his 90s, just had this amazing career. He did in 90 years what people would need three lifetimes to do. So one of the questions he said that he often receives is, you've done so much, why do you still do things? He said, I will work and I will continue to do what God has called me to do to the very end. He says, because imagine the last five minutes of your life that you know you're going to die. And there are people standing around you. These people represent your dreams. What will they say to you? Will they say to you, why did you not breathe life into me while you were alive? He said, when that moment comes, I want every single dream, every single call to say, I breathed life into you. So no dreams are going to die with me. The moment he said that, I remember standing up. I mean, it, that just shut the whole banquet down, but I remember standing up. And God said, just as clear as I'm talking to you, it's time. Huh. And it's time meant it's time for you to go to seminary. Now I've done graduate, postgraduate work. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll get the PhD in this. And I've got the, I can, but it's time. The next day I had lunch with a friend who actually worked at CTS. And I said, well, I'm not going to tell her because I have all these 
I need some account. I mean, I, I travel. Um, I'm going to need some virtual courses. So everything I told her was. So I blurted, I need to go to seminary, but I need this and this. CTS started, was going to start a new program. And the new program had every single thing <laughs> I prayed for. So I was in that inaugural class and God has a sense of humor. So <laughs> yeah, so I think my yes was um, some people, I went a little later in life. I mean, not too much of that, not that old, but just, I went at the right time, but I said yes at that moment, at that particular moment in time, because I had said yes to all of the other things. So I, my ministry call is answering a series of yes. So that led me to that moment. So yes, um, proud graduate of Christian Theological Seminary, Indianapolis, Indiana. As am I, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> I don't, and I'm over and, here and Alex, Phillips all by myself. Come on now. <laughs> and Alex and I are living proof that God has a Alex, sense of humor. Yes. Seminary. Or, got a shout out to seminaries, always. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah definitely. So, yes, it was a series. Yeah, yeah as Greg said, uh, we're both living proof that God has a sense of humor. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I think that there is um, quite a depth of. Um, well, it's a depth of experience that we're able to bring because uh, I, I this is my second career as well. Uh, you know, I had a, had a career before this, um, which wasn't as neatly tied to it as yours. Um, I worked at a radio station, but but those experiences do um, shape and form us. Uh, one of the things Greg and I talk a lot about is our sphere of influence. And, you know, that's the, the things that shape and mold us into who we are. And really, I believe that the, all those things um, can be used if we're open to it, if we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear and hearts to understand, then it, it, we can use all those experiences um, in building God's kingdom here on earth. Amen. And I think that every experience we have is for a reason. It prepares us. Um, that's why I'm very on relationships. Um, I had to say yes at the times I did because I believe it was ordained for me to meet and encounter the people, whether it was an international trip or yeah. a trip to another state. Yeah. I think all of those experiences shape us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I'm uh, I'm aware that uh, people listening know uh, have heard of Disciples Home Missions. Uh, and um, may have had some connection uh, with one of the many tentacles of Disciples Home Missions. But I'm not sure that people understand the breadth and depth of the ministry that you oversee. And so can you kind of give uh, a thumbnail sketch of who Disciples Home Missions is today? One of the gifts of Disciples Home Missions is connecting people to the life-changing love of Christ. And we do that through so many ministries. And one of the things about Disciples Home Ministries is that I guarantee you that you have interacted, been impacted by a ministry that is directly from Disciples Home Missions. One of the things we faced during the pandemic is the challenges, but yet opportunities. 
for the, the general ministry, for the ministries of disciples on missions. For example, um, one of the things we've talked about is uh, the ministry uh, from Reverend Dr. Sharon Stanley Ray and Natalie Teague, who are on the front lines with our refugee immigrant ministry, on the front lines each day, um, always advocating. Natalie Teague is our new immigration counsel, and this, she's the second person to serve in this. Her predecessor was Tana Lubiers. But this was a pioneer, a revolutionary position that was created and then that has been housed within the Ministry of Disciples on, Disciples on Missions. Um, Sharon is actually stationed purposely in Washington, D.C. She's on the front lines. So, and that also expands to um, churches that have sponsored, um, that have sponsored these immigrants in their home that have sponsored them. It goes to the immigration council, people who, churches that have been able to sponsor, churches that have offered support. Um, for example, also one of the fellowships we have is Ministries Across Generations, Ministries Across Generations, which deals with um, family and children education ministries led by Reverend Olivia, Brian Eptegrove, Reverend Lisa Engelkin, and Kate Epperly. One of the things that has happened is they've had virtual community, um, children worship and wonder. They have virtual committees, virtual meetings with youth leaders. They were already engaged in these virtual communities before we moved into this virtual world. So when we were looking for resources for COVID-19, there were many resources that they already had that were already in place. We have disciples volunteering. We have, so when there have been natural disasters, things have changed now, but people that have sponsored mission trips that have gone to churches and done work that direct ministry. We have the chaplains. Chaplains have always been essential. We have our chaplains and ministries, chaplains serving in military hospitals all over the world. Um, Reverend Tom Yates has been instrumental. In fact, there will be a chaplain's um, gathering the end of September. Um, we have congregational transformation, Reverend Dr. R. Wayne Calhoun. We have search and call with Reverend Warren Lynn. We have, and I'm talking slow because we have so many, um, <laughs> we have ministers, um, Reverend Scott, they're ministers that assist um, youth agencies and youth. We also are connected to so many other groups, disciples men, disciples men. We are grateful for the podcast and the curriculum that you're offering. That's amazing. And um, we also have an intentional relationship with the Simons Ministries, um, Reverend Dr. Pat Donahue and Reverend Chesla Nicholson, who offer that support. And I was listening to the earlier podcast where you interviewed Reverend Pat Donahue said, I'm just in, I'm also very excited about that relationship and connection that between disciples men and disciples women. We have um, we have so many other groups. Uh, we have um, Reverend Dr. Bill Lee, mm -hmm. who's been working with our Black Ministers Retreat. Black Ministers Retreat was held in March 2020 is very it's special because that was actually, I think, one of the last gatherings that the general church had before. That was right when everything hit. So we still look back at that gathering with um, with some with special mm -hmm. hearts. So one of the people that also uh, that we're connected with is Disciples Peace Fellowship. Yes. Now, yes. Disciples Peace Fellowship have interns each summer. COVID-19, multiple pandemics, what do we do? They were innovative. 
they had a peace training, a virtual peace training. They helped to develop curriculum with Reverend April Johnson of Reconciliation. They created these virtual communities. So they were able to take opportunities advantage of this virtual community and do ministry. Emphasizing that the church was never confined to be in a physical place, but that we, the people are the church and we can bring light into all these spaces. Um, Warren Lynn, for example, created an interactive virtual map of all the virtual worship services. So it's been a blessing that their people, their pastors have had opportunities. They can actually visit, they can actually go to different worship services. So I think that the ministries of DHM Disciples Home Missions, we have so many ministries. I guarantee you that you've been touched in some way, somehow by the ministries through um, Disciples Home Missions. We have our General Youth Council, Young Adult Commission, so much. So we we connect people with the life-changing love of Christ, offering scholarships. We offer continuing education grants, scholarships, people that have been recipients of scholarships for seminary. I'm, I've been a recipient of scholarships of grants to fund programs. And there's so many, and that's just, just a tiny bit, yes. but um, yes. And our ministry associates who are on the front lines, who assist, who are often the voice and presence of Disciples Home Missions. We are grateful for all of the ministry, our, our Vice President of Finance, Lana Owens, and just all of the people that we have. I could name everyone, but I'm just grateful for all the work and ministry that we do. Yes. You know, I've, I've uh, when I was on the Kentucky staff, I worked closely uh, with DHM because of partnership ministries that we had, uh, that we shared with the, uh, yes. <laughs> and I have to confess that until I was a staff member and attended our first staff meeting, I was not aware of the breadth and depth of the programming ministries of DHM. And, uh, and it, is, it is really an impressive array of support services and support ministries for disciples across the board. And, really to, and I'm like you said, that Green Chalice, Green Chalice with um, Carol Devine, Scott, just and the, the revolutionary and innovative ways that Green Chalice has been a part. Of, of our ministries and their connection to creation justice. And one of the things that Disciples Home Missions, we've been committed to being a pro-reconciling anti-racist ministry. So that's been a strong commitment. Um, education offerings and, and resources. So we're grateful, we're grateful. Right, and while it's still, it's not in the form it once was, Kentucky Appalachian Ministries was a vital part of the of the home missions of the uh the, uh, the mission centers uh, the mission, mission centers center, right? yeah which are you know tremendous ministries uh on all of our behalf yeah and i thank you for that the connections that we have to mission centers all peoples in los angeles in men um Samaritan, and also um just the amazing work of, of lon oliver with um, the work that he's doing in Kentucky and also now with the um, the scholarships that are being offered. Um, just all of the resources and 
what the conversation happens once people will say something that will activate, oh, we have this, we have this, even as we're talking, I can activate, we have this. And even after sober, I'll be sending an email. Don't forget to talk about this. So I just think we have so many ministries. And I think one of the things that's happening during this time is we're finding ways, ways to be engaged. The message of Christ is the same, but we're finding methods, innovative methods to to connect and it's the landscape has changed. And I think that God is calling us, this is an opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I'd be curious if, if you would for a little bit, Sheila, tell us maybe some of what, um, given your variety of experiences and, and your, your, your position now um, with DHM um, in guiding all these varied ministries, um, what are some, if you have hopes and dreams um, for what ministry to and with men might look like uh, in the years to come? One of the things that I've uh, been very appreciative and have told you often is I appreciate the amount of resources that you've offered, the curriculum that you and the, the podcast and one of the things that i've also appreciated um one of my one of my gifts is making connections i know that that's a gift that I'm making connections and relationships and one of the things that i'm appreciative about is your the intentionality of both of you to establish relationships and connections across the depth of the church across with key groups with the national convocation oprah hispana and NAPAD, you are intentional. And one of the things that I appreciate is that coming forth and asking um, connections, asking for connections and being intentional about establishing relationships. Um, I see some of the things that you're doing now with um, offering resources, offering um, curriculum, offering um, being able with consultations. I think the advantage, one of the opportunities that this present time offers is that because we can't fly, because we're not traveling, we're doing it virtually. So I can have a virtual consultation with you for two hours, whereas, whereas two hours to fly, then two hours to get there, then I think it's making us utilize our time. So I think continuing resources, um, continuing to offer um, opportunities for gatherings, I know that we were looking forward to sessions. We were looking forward to summer 2020, period, but looking at ways to virtually gather. And I think that one of the advantages of virtual gatherings is that you all have discovered is that you will invite more people in that may not have flown, but it's an opportunity to invite more people in virtually. So I think that's one of the opportunities as of having virtual gathering is that people that may not have walked through a church door may not have walked to a men's meeting. Um, may log on. Yeah. And even if we do go back, which I don't think we'll go back to exactly the way things were, but you're establishing a relationship at that moment. Mm -hmm. So resources, relationships, resources and relationships. And I'm grateful for the work that you're doing and the intentionality with which you're doing it. So continuing what you're doing it, but continuing to expand and invite more people to the table, which is what you are doing as we're all partners at that table, not as guests, but as equal partners, because we're all yes. part of the table. Yes. No one can dismiss you from a table that Christ invited you to. That's my motto. <laughs> so. 
Absolutely. I think I preached on that lesson. Uh, <laughs> it's It's been, uh, I know I speak for Alex, it's been a tremendous blessing for us to have, uh, to be called to this position to begin with, but also to have the, the, the just the overwhelming support we get from you uh, and we receive from others as a part of the, you know, Disciples Home Mission staff and, and uh, both uh, support staff and the ministerial staff, programmatic staff. We've, uh, you know, we we get to hear in our in our um, conversations with people throughout the throughout the denomination um, the importance that I think maybe we have forgotten of men's ministry, and uh, you know I think it kind of took not a hiatus because there were still things going on, but I think that we kind of got lost in the shuffle by our own by our own fault. That was nobody's fault but our own, and uh, and so to have a have the opportunity through DHM to rekindle and reignite uh, a passion for men's ministry has been a tremendous blessing for both Alex and me. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to make sure that people hear us say thank you to you and to uh, all the folks at DHM who make our ministry possible. And, um, you know, we, we are very excited about this partnership and the new relationships we are looking forward to, uh, to develop through our Oriani Scott grant that we got to do this new, uh, more inclusive curriculum initiative that we that we're doing, and uh, so hear us say thank you. I thought you were probably going to mention that, so I was going to definitely. If you weren't, like, <laughs> I just let them do that. I'll let them say that. So yeah, I knew what we received a grant. We did receive a grant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for that, and I and I don't want to, to get lost. That um, when we were when we were preparing the grant, uh, we shared with the general conference of disciple men executive committee what our intentions were. And to the person, their response was, "We don't care whether you get the grant or not. We will resource that initiative. The grant would be a great help, but hear us say we think this is so important. We will resource that to make it happen." Um, I was uh, I was somewhat stunned, not because of the people in the room, but I think just because the just the overall history of who we are as a people, as, you know, in this country, uh, to get that kind of overwhelming response. But that that cannot be forgotten. Is that this wasn't a Greg and Alex good idea? This this was this was the General Conference of Disciple Men and Disciples Men saying it's well past time that we become an inclusive and a leading inclusive ministry of our church again. And so we're real excited about that. And I'm so glad you said that that's, that's what we're called to do. Yes. That's what we're called to do. And I think, no, I know that it takes intentionality. It takes relationships. It takes intentional time. We, I have a phrase that I grew up hearing that, um, after you pray, prayer fortifies us for the action God calls us to take. So after we pray, we need to put legs on the prayer and walk in the direction of what we prayed for. If we pray this, if we speak this, we need to take tangible steps because that's what the world is watching. And I also want to affirm and agree with you on just the support of the General Council of Disciples Men. And one of the first people that actually reached out to me um, on receiving this position was the president. So been been very intentional in reaching out and I'll be probably joining one of your meetings soon and writing something. Yes. I've got an invitation, but 
have been very intentional about that relationship. So I'm grateful. So thank you. I thank you. Thank you. And one piece of information I want to make sure you share before we get away, and that is, um, as we were talking before we started the podcast, is that the Disciples Home Missions um, uh, staff have been preparing uh, uh, meditations, both vi videos and written meditations for the whole church. And would you please tell us where people can find those? Because they're wonderful, wonderful pieces. Yeah. We have um, Disciples on Missions. First of all, we have a Facebook page, Disciples on Missions Facebook page. And what we did for several weeks is have staff uh, just offer meditations. We call them DHM devotions. And it was important to have encouragement and just words of encouragement. We offered written and video. So thank you both for offering a video and written devotion. But we have representatives from so many of our ministries that offer um, written and video devotions. So what we'll be doing soon is um, uploading them on, we'll be having to connect them to the website, but at this point you can go to our Disciples on Missions Facebook page. And I encourage you, I'm already gonna be rereading some of them and some videos I'm gonna be looking at a couple of times. And we will periodically be continuing to do this um, through staff and it's an opportunity for us to offer words of encouragement that are needed at this time, but also a way to reintroduce the staff. And it gives us a personal glimpse into each one of you as you make those. So I just want to thank you again, the both of you for um, contributing um, as part of that. Thank so, yeah. Yeah, thank, thank you for the opportunity. I, I, that was a great, uh, I, I know I look forward to every day um, seeing who was going to, who was going to have the devotional that day. And it, it was part of my devotional life. Um, and like you, I, you know, I'm going back to check a couple of those again to say there was something in there that I think I need to hear again. And uh, so it's great to have that opportunity to uh, to go back and do that. Uh, and and they were not time sensitive, so it, it can be applied for any time in any moment. So we're just looking on ways to um, to be innovative and be creative yeah. and to encourage because DHM is hands-on mission, so it's right. good. Well, Sheila, I want to, again, extend my thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Um, it has, I want to echo what Greg and I have said before, you know, the support that we've received from, from DHM, from Kelly, our ministry associate, who um, helps out in so many different ministries, but uh, Disciples Men is one of them. Um, and from you and from the entire staff, you've been just gracious in welcoming us in and um, being really supportive of, of the work um, that we uh, are called to do. Uh, and that has been uh, an astounding and very uh, uplifting and comforting um, from uh, to have that kind of support. So thank you for that. And, and like I said, thank you for joining us today and sharing a bit of your story, letting us know you a little bit better. Okay, and thank you again for the Ministry of Disciples of Men and for your passion and commitment to the work and looking forward to what's ahead. Thank you. Thanks, Sheila. Thank you, Sheila. Our special thanks to our good friend, the Reverend Dr. Dean Phelps, for providing the special music of this podcast. You can discover more of Dean's music at deanphelpsmusic.com. And you can learn more about the ministry of Disciples Men on Facebook and through DisciplesHomeMissions.org.